Hi guys, welcome back to the Queer Agenda podcast. It's been a hot second since I recorded anything um, because school has been insane and it's kind of a lot of work to record podcasts and I'm only one girl. I'm just, you know, one woman team. I've said that many, many times, but um, I wanted to record one today. Um, Specifically, I want to talk about this topic because it's something that's really important to me and I think it's really cool to kind of reflect, um, especially as I'm coming up on my graduation uh, and commencement and everything and just like reflecting on all of that stuff. Um, So today I wanted to talk about the history of the queer agenda um, and why the queer agenda is around and kind of how I got started in this realm of queer history. Um, And I am just really excited to share this with you guys. I've talked a little bit about it on my TikTok, but I haven't really gotten to talk about it in a longer form, which would give you guys more of the whole story. Um, So yeah, so I'm really excited. Um, So I guess um going back to like 2014 ish i was living in corpus christi texas which is like um maybe three or four hours away from the border um it's kind of in it's a little coastal town it's pretty cute it's if you know anything about selena that's where selena's from um and i was in eighth grade Uh, when I came out to my parents and I remember so specifically like day by day like moment by moment what happened it was New Year's Eve and I don't remember why I I don't think I really decided to come out on New Year's Eve I think it just kind of happened I was in the kitchen with my mom and we were talking about because when we were in middle school me and my best friend Danielle and Gio or I think Gio was in that I'm not sure but I know for sure me and Danielle were in athletics for our first period which is like just a a, like an advanced period of gym it was just stupid um yeah so we were in athletics for first period and we talked about how like kind of sucked because then for the rest of the day you just kind of felt gross and whatever and I think my mom said something about like oh what boys are you trying to smell good for or something like that and Danielle who's been my best friend for probably I think 11 years now Her and Gio have been, are like my childhood best friends. Um, She started laughing like so hard because I had come out to my friends before I came out to my parents. Um, And so she started laughing and I was like, stop, 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 like freaking out. And my mom was like, why is that funny? I don't get it. I don't get it. And I was like, well, I guess now is like as good of a time as any. And so I told her, I was like, I'm gay. Um, And yeah that's it. And she was like, okay, do you want to tell dad? And I was like, yes. It was like very chill. Like there was really no like big, like life shattering event that happened. Like I went out with um, Danielle to her grandparents' house for New Year's Eve or something like that. And then I came home the next day and we like had a conversation about it. Um, and that wasn't really it. It was just kind of something that like from there on, it wasn't a big deal. It never really was a big deal. Um, and I gradually came out to more and more of my family members and yeah, it was, I always had great reactions and the people who may not have had the best reactions or like 
my best interests at heart when I came out are no longer in my life, so it doesn't matter. Um, which is, yeah, that's like my biggest piece of advice to anybody who's struggling with coming out is like the people who care about you and love you and want you to do amazing things are going to stick around no matter what. Um, and I'm really lucky to have a story like that where my family has been so accepting and my friends have been so accepting because obviously that doesn't happen for everybody. So after I came out, I lived in Corpus for like another year, I think. And then we moved to a little town. I guess it's not little anymore. Um, we moved to a town in between San Antonio and Austin uh, in like central Texas. And I started going to high school, to a different high school, obviously, because we had moved. And I did my sophomore year and I didn't really do anything like crazy. And then at the end of my sophomore year, I found out that the school had a GSA, which is Gay Straight Alliance for anybody who may not know that terminology. Um, and so I didn't know about it until the end of the school year. And it was really only like three or four kids and the advisor, like it wasn't really a big thing. And it, even if it like tried to become a bigger thing, like through advertising or announcements or whatever, just like it was a safety issue. And like, it just, there were a lot of different factors that went into why the GSA wasn't big when it was. And that was around the time that I started kind of learning a little bit more about queer history. I would say I was probably, I think I was 15 at the end of my sophomore year. No, I was 16. Yeah, 16. And then going into my junior year, I was obviously still 16. Um, so the advisor who had had the GSA before we did um was moving to colorado and i'm actually still in touch with him he just came to my ted talk with his daughter which was so super sweet shout out to mr boggs one of the first allies i ever had ever like in a school um so he told me that he was giving the gsa to my art teacher and i told her like immediately like i want to be involved i want to do this i want to do this i think i had like pitched like queer prom or something like that like just crazy ideas that like <laughs> like a 16 year old had no idea of how to like execute and I still wouldn't know how to execute a queer prom at 22 um but she was like yeah let's let's keep in touch over the summer um and you know we'll see what we can do so going back to junior year like coming back from the summer we had our first GSA meeting I think it was like September 1st or something like that sometime around the beginning of September we had our first GSA meeting and it was like seven people, including me. So it was super, super small. And then we just kind of kept moving and grooving and doing different things. And we ended up getting like a really good group of people in, um, which was super cool. It was super cool to see. We did a lot of um, events with Gleason, which is Gay and Lesbian Student Education Network. Um, we had done like education seminars for the teachers at the school of how to support queer students um and passing out like safe space stickers for teachers to put in their windows and it was super super cool so by the end of the school year we had like a steady group of maybe 30 to 40 people going into my senior year coming back so this would be the second year of gsa we had like 50 people at our first meeting and we had like a pretty steady like 50 people coming to meetings every week um which was so super cool and i just kind of kept doing history and learning about history and i loved it so much and i i loved advocating for my community and working 
we did like an event where we bought Christmas presents for underprivileged kids in the area. Um, we did like a trunk or treat, which raised money for an organization nearby. We collected stuff, stuffed animals to donate to a children's hospital around Christmas time. So it's like we weren't just doing queer advocacy work. We were also um, doing events like local events. And we also, as kind of world events were happening, we were holding space for those emotions. So, for example, when the Parkland shooting happened, um, we had a whole meeting where it was just like touching base. I mean, like, how are you feeling? I know this is so scary. I'm scared. You're scared. Like, what can we do to support each other? Um, and that was really cool because I feel like there wasn't really any other space where that was available for queer kids at my high school, especially being so conservative and um, in just the time of the Trump administration where everything was so divisive. Not that things aren't divisive still, but I mean, just being a teenager at that time, especially being a queer teenager was like a really just a trip it was fucking weird um especially if you lived in a conservative town or community because it was like all these people who you trusted um were like coming out of the woodworks and thinking like saying like you don't deserve rights pretty much um which was really upsetting um but yeah so i graduated june of 2019 so coming up on four years since i graduated high school which is kind of crazy um and so i started at my university again which is like in a central texas area between san, san antonio and austin so not super far from home um and i started my my original degree was bilingual education with specification in stem which basically meant that i wanted to teach kids whose second language was English, math, and science. So I specifically wanted to teach kids whose first language was Spanish. So I am bilingual. I just don't get to use it as much as I would. There is a video of me on TikTok talking about um, a Zapatista from like the Mexican Revolutionary War um, in the, oh God, I think it was the early 1800s, not early 1800s, either late 1800s or early 1900s. I might be wrong of when that happened. Anyways, the video is about Emilio Robles Avila, um, who was a transgender Zapatista soldier. Very, very cool person. Um, so yeah, I don't get to use Spanish as much as I would like anymore, but it's still definitely there. So I had studied that for, gosh, maybe three years. Like, I think it was the second semester of my junior year that I, or no, yeah, I would say it was probably like the second semester of my junior year or my first semester of my senior year that I changed my major because I just didn't want to be a teacher anymore, especially after COVID. Um, and I just kind of saw how people were being treated. And I, I was like, I don't, I don't think this is for me anymore. Obviously, I still love teaching people and being an educator. I just don't know that I would ever work in a district um, or in a formal setting. I don't know. And I mean, never say never, but as of right now, that's not the plan. Um, but I had a... I had maybe 87 credit hours left and I was like, hey, what if I change my major to English? And they were like, you can graduate in 27. And I was like, well, let's do that. So in between that time, it was February 2022 that I started the Queer Agenda. So I went from running the GSA to in college, not really doing a whole lot of advocacy work just because I had so much other stuff going on. And I was like, education is a form of advocacy, which I still wholeheartedly believe, obviously. Um, so when COVID happened, I 
saw that all the Pride events were being shut down and everybody online was like really upset because they were feeling like they had lost the sense of community, especially through COVID. Like we were all shut in our homes and it was just a really rough time. And so I started like doing more research into queer history and using that to post on my Instagram stories to still like foster the sense of pride from afar. Um, And so I did that on my personal Instagram. It was literally like every day of June, I typed out like maybe 800 to 1000 words and like educated just like my friends and family. And I had a lot of fun doing that. And then the next year, 2021, I did the same thing. And I was like, I want to do more. I was like, I have some, I know so much. I have so many resources and I'm good at talking about it. I was like, I want to do more. So then one of my New Year's resolutions for 2022 was to start a queer history blog. And that was originally like what it was supposed to be. It was just a blog. Um, And the blog is not as active as I would like it to be still, but it's there. (laughs) So you can go read some of my stuff. But so I started working on that January of 2022 and I started like getting the logos and stuff together and kind of deciding like, okay, we're really going to do this. And I had gone through like several different names for the queer agenda. I think it was originally like the lesbian agenda or the gay agenda or something like that. There was a couple different names that like went through rotation. And then I was like, I really like the queer agenda because it's kind of unique. um, And it just has that kind of like punch to it. Like the queer agenda is I just feel like such a better name than like the just the gay agenda. Um, so yeah, I decided on that. I started the Instagram account and on Valentine's day of 2022, we like officially launched or I officially launched. I always say we, um, I really haven't had anybody else come in as like a partner or like, um, another person to work for the queer agenda. I do have occasionally have help from one of my friends from high school. Her name is Joey. Um, Joey, if you're listening, I bet I bow down to you endlessly. You have been a great, amazing help. And I'm so lucky to have gotten your help on so many things. Um, but yeah, things kind of started happening overnight because I think it was early October. No, gosh, I don't remember when exactly it was, but when the laws started coming out of Texas about trans kids, um, with the family protective services, um, and trans kids potentially being taken from their homes, I had posted something that was like emergency resources for trans kids in Texas. And that blew up. Like I had celebrities reposting it. I had people like mass posting it around the world. And it was like overnight we went from having, or I went from having 200 followers to like a thousand. And it was insane. Like I had never witnessed growth quite like that. And so I was like, oh my God. I, like, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of freaking out. So like just since then, it's kind of been pretty steady and just doing my work and keeping my head down. I guess not keeping my head down, but you know what I mean? Just kind of like, what is that? Nose to the, like, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Where you're just down in the work. I'm going to think I'm an English major. I really should know, but I don't. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. And it was just really crazy, like just this insane takeoff that I wasn't expecting at all. Um, And we blew up. I blew. I keep saying we. Oh, my gosh. I need like that was a thing that I talked about with my therapist, not to get too personal, but like um, just taking credit 
for something that I've done is something that I really struggle with because especially with GSA, it wasn't just me. There were other officers, but I was like really the driving force behind it. And admitting that felt weird. I don't know why. It just felt like like being um, like too prideful or something like that. And I'm very much a person where I will do five million things and not take the chance to reflect. And then I look back on it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was... 16 years old doing that stuff like that's in in central texas during the trump administration like that's kind of insane like i i feel like if me now as a 22 year old could see a 16 year old doing that i'd be like oh my god that's so rad but when i was doing it as a 16 year old i was like oh this is just what i do this is just casually like something that's a part of my routine so i guess that's also part of the reason why i'm recording this is because i'm coming up on my commencement i have pretty much turned in all of my assignments. And I just really, I think it's important to take time to acknowledge your achievements and not feel bad about it, I guess. I really struggle with taking credit for the queer agenda um, because I, the queer agenda would be nothing without the people who appreciate my work and support me, but it's also still my work and it's my research and it's my time that I've put into it. So... I guess that's one of the main reasons as to why I'm recording this is because I think it's cool to keep a log of where we where I've been and where I'm going. Um, so yeah, the queer agenda has been going since February 2022, and we have I have oh my gosh I'm gonna get better about it. <laughs> I have I think it's 16,000 followers on TikTok, and a. 1700 followers on instagram and the goal for the end of the year on instagram followers is to have 2000 and on tiktok i would like to hit at least 18,000 by the end of the year so that means i've really got to get my butt in gear and start creating content again um but yeah i'm really excited to see where we're going in so i'm graduating i'm filming i'm recording this on may 1st 2023, I will be graduating May 12th. Um, and after that, I will have one last summer here in Texas. And then I will be moving overseas to pursue my graduate degree um, in gender, sexuality, and culture. So the queer agenda will still be going strong. We just won't be Texas based anymore, which is kind of sad, but it's all good things. And I'll be doing a lot of work in historically gay parts of the world. I mean, not, oh my gosh. So I'm specifically going to the University of Manchester and Manchester has a lot of um, historical queer events that happened there. So that's what I've meant. Just came off as like, not like just stupid. Um, but yeah, so that's the plan. And I think I'm, I'm really excited and I'm proud and I am, I'm endlessly shocked and amazed by the community I've been able to find and create and the amount of people I've been able to reach with this education. And I just want to keep going. I just want to make this into a huge thing and make queer history something that is so center stage that you can't help but look at it and to learn about it. Because I think so often queer history gets pushed off to the sidelines as something that's just kind of silly and frivolous and, you know, it's we don't really need to talk about it, but queer people have literally been around 
forever. Like there has never been a world without queer people. There will never be a world without queer people. And I think the sooner that we can go back and acknowledge the people who have done the work for us, the sooner we can move forward with radical communities of care, radical legislation, radical change. And I think that that has to come from a place of radical kindness as well, not just for other people and our communities of care, but ourselves as well. So that's my soapbox. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's the history of the queer agenda. That's my history Um, and a little glimpse into the future of what is coming. I'm really excited to be on this journey with you guys, and I'm so happy that we're here. And, you know, I, I just think it's really cool. I really like being alive at the same time as you guys and getting to do this all. I think it's really, really cool. So I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy that I'm here. And I'm happy that we're able to do some really fucking awesome work together. So yeah, thank you for listening um, to this episode of the Queer Agenda podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at the Queer Agenda 15. You can also follow us on the Instagram at Queer, or excuse me, the TikTok at Queer Agenda 15 um, to keep updated on what we're doing, what I'm doing and, um, what's next. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. You can rate us on Spotify, follow us on all platforms and I don't know, keep on queering that agenda.